This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. John chapter 3 tells us that no matter what miracles are performed before our very eyes, and no matter how much that we put our faith in those miracles, they will have no effect on our eternal destination unless we have been born again. The story of Nicodemus is one that William Branham told from town to town, giving the same instructions to his congregations as he spread the gospel of divine healing. But does Branham's gospel match his confession? When William Branham began his ministry, it was with the premise of signs and wonders, which he claimed to have been given to him from an angel sent by God. Though his descriptions of the angel and his surroundings vary from sermon to sermon, There's one consistent element to the story that his followers are taught to believe. That he was given two signs, and that the angel said, if you can get the people to believe you, not even cancer will stand before your prayer. The intention of the signs, according to Branham, were to elevate the faith of the people in the minister behind the platform. He says this in 1948. Now my mind is going back to around two years ago when in the room that night the angel of God came walking in there and said, You've been born in this world to take a gift of divine healing to the people. Many will not believe you, yet many will. You'll be sincere, if you'll be sincere, and get the people to believe you, not even cancer, will stand before your prayer. And then William Branham begins praying to the angel. He says, O angel of God, I do not see you, but I know that you are standing near. Please, thou knowest my heart, and know that I love these people. Stand by me tonight, and may not one go through without faith. And I know that your words have been true. 
Thou knowest my heart. I know that the words have been true. I took you at your word. For you said that you were sent from God. I believed you. And you've stuck by me. You've confirmed the word with signs following. Now, again tonight on this March the 5th, this memorial night, may you stand and heal everyone. Grant it. That's William Branham, Sermon Index 480305. When Nicodemus recognized Jesus, his faith in Christ was already established with the signs. He said, Rabbi, which means teacher. We know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Though both stories are similar in nature, there is one key difference between Branham's angelic commission and Nicodemus' encounter with Jesus Christ. The signs of Christ pointed to the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Branham's signs pointed to the man behind the platform. You'll notice that immediately after describing his commission to gather faith in himself, Branham's signs pointed to the angel, and he began praying to that angel. And that angel was not God. Branham said that he believed it was sent from God. The question you must ask yourself is this. Why was William Branham praying to an elemental spirit instead of God? If this elemental spirit was from God, would not it have told Branham not to worship it? The Apostle Paul says it best. He says, let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions and puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through all its joints and ligaments, grows from a growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as though you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? That's Colossians 2, verses 18 through 20.